mind that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I? Welcome to Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. We're glad you could join us as we teach through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Today's lesson is one in which we know you'll be enlightened to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to Pastor Greg as we launch today's lesson on Who Am I? Acts chapter 1, we'll be beginning in verse 1. We're going to be looking at, um, this is what sometimes is called the fifth gospel, the fifth gospel. It's written by Dr. Luke, and it's a continuation, uh, really, of the gospels, the, the four testimonies of our four evangelists. Dr. Luke has written it. He wrote it around A.D. 63 to 70s, what they say. Of course, 70s when the temple was completely destroyed uh, by Nero. And um, it's like a bridge, some would call it, between the letters uh, and the Gospels. Because if you just had the ending of the Gospels, and then you move straight into Romans, which is full of doctrine, you would think that now you have to begin to perform and do these things. And so what we have is an entire book, the Acts, and of course the original title, I believe, was the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. And that's going to become our theme, is the Acts of the Holy Spirit through those who have been sent to all the world. They have been given instruction, and then they have been sent. And I think in our churches today, what we have to understand, I really believe, as you look at the warning from uh, uh, 2 Timothy 3, there's a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Uh, there, there's a warning that we need to be awake to, that we need to understand the Spirit of God without going into charismania and becoming crazy, but to understand that the Spirit of God, who is the God of order, wants to lead our lives, wants to lead our lives. Now, if you would look at what we just covered in the last couple weeks, closing out John, and John said to, or excuse me, uh, Jesus said to Peter as he closed it, get your eyes off of him and get your eyes on me. You follow me. And we talked about the entire thing where he was being led by the Spirit. His mind were not on the things of God, not on the will of God, but on the things of man. And God is leading him through sanctification. Now listen to me because it's very important because you only have two paths you can take in life. And here is, here is the disciples. They're walking with Jesus in the physical. And you and I have come out of a physical life. But now we have to understand that he's here with us now. And he's in the spirit and he's still leading us. And that's what he was trying to train them and then be a witness to you and me about is that he's always here. And that his spirit is here. And that a person who is living for Jesus must walk according to the spirit and be led by the spirit. Because there's always the danger of us trying to fulfill in the flesh what has begun in the spirit. It has to be a spiritual life. 
It has to be a life being led by the Spirit. And then we went into 1 Samuel and we looked at Saul and seen that he continued to live a physical life, to do his own thing, to build his own kingdom, and to ignore the Word of God. And there was no personal relationship. In fact, he said to Samuel three times, your God, your God, your God. It was not his God. There was no relationship. And so he ends up dying. God killed him. The very thing that he was supposed to be killing, his flesh, comes back and an Amalekite kills him. So we need to understand this when we come to the book of Acts, that we need to understand that our power, our strength, our might, everything that we're doing now is in the Holy Spirit. First of all, though, let's look at Romans chapter 8. Just quickly, I want to look at a couple things, and I'm going to do not a topical, but just a little uh, background information talking about the Holy Spirit. I want us to understand that if the warning in the Bible is, is that we're ignoring the Spirit and the Word of God, then the number two things that we need to be focused on is the work of the Spirit in our life. How does He function? What is He doing And then he's teaching us the word of God. So that's where we need to be. We've been led by the world, just like they were even led by Jesus, following him. And their minds were still in the wrong place. But they had come out of the world. Now they come to Jesus. You and I, we come out of the world. Now we come to Jesus. But what is leading your life? Because if it's still you and your flesh and your plans and the American dream or some voice out there of uh, of sin and self and Satan... It's going to end bad. Look at 8.13. We'll just, I'm just going to read two verses because you need to understand this. Uh, 13 says this, For if you live according to the flesh, listen, you will die. Anybody need any help with that? But if you by the Spirit, but if by the Spirit, this is our power, this is our help, this is our strength, if if by the Spirit you put to death, mortify the deeds of the flesh, kill them, what the flesh wants to do. Excuse me. I said deeds of the flesh, didn't I? Notice it didn't say that. It says soma, the deeds of the body. Not just the flesh, but the whole body. And this is a general word, soma, for body. And I believe it means your spirit, soul, and body, every bit of you, because that's what God is sanctifying. But so the spirit is leading you to put to death those things. In other words, you're not living by your spirit unbetrothed to somebody, but you're married to Christ. Now your spirits become one, of one mind, of one spirit. And then your your soul, your body will, or excuse me, your mind, will, and emotions, they've been messed up. They've been walking and learning lies because the whole world's underneath the sway of the wicked one. So now you have to begin to listen to truth and choose again. Am I going to keep doing what I've been doing in the flesh or am I going to allow the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit, through the Spirit, to mortify the deeds of the flesh and I believe the truth and I begin to turn and follow truth now? Listen to me. That's how it's done, through the power of the Spirit. You're going to be in class, in the Holy Spirit 101 class, and and He begins to tell you truth. You're doing something, and you go, wait a minute. That's what the flesh does. That's what the flesh likes. That's what the world wants. That's what the world was teaching me I should be doing. But now I am a new creation in Christ, 
and the Spirit is leading me, what is the Spirit instructing me to do? That's what I want to follow now. That's the spirit I want to be in the way with. There's a lot of other spirits, demons, a lot of other religions, a lot of other things out there that want you to now follow them. Well, what are you mad about, Greg? I'm not hanging out the bar. I'm not smoking, chewing, and hanging out with those who do. I'm doing a whole bunch better. I've been working every day. Listen, that has nothing to do with it. You can clean up the flesh all you want and go to hell. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but those who do the will of the Father. The Father has sent out His will. He sent His Son to die so that His will would be enacted. And then the, the, the Son prays the Father and He sends the Spirit back. We're going to see that in chapter 1 of Acts. We're going to see this whole thing transpire before the church can be birthed, that the Son has to be seated in the place of prayer. And then He says to the Father, send back the Holy Spirit to lead them, and He sends it back. Now they have power and strength and might and a teacher, which the Lord is the Spirit. He sends his spirit back to live in every one of us instead of walk with 12. But he came down and was a testimony, was a witness, and walked with 12. So it was on the pages of scripture for us. But now, by, not by sight, but by faith, we trust that he's here right now instructing us. He's leading us. He's equipping us to go out and say no. Now, don't panic because there's a lot of things he wants to change in us. Our mind, will, and emotion has been damaged it doesn't mean that our mind, will, and emotion is wrong when we think something. But you need to take and put on your sunglasses of the Bible and go, what's the truth in this situation, Holy Spirit? And be still before the Spirit and listen to the wisdom of God. And then if God doesn't say anything, you might want to ask somebody that knows the Word of God and you know is living in the Spirit and say, what should I do? I used to call my pastor and go, hey, do you think it's okay if I take a shower now? I was just getting up and praying, and I was trying to figure out if I should take a shower. Can I take a shower, Tom? Listen to me. I'm not joking. Because if you are not careful, you will con yourself out of salvation. Your flesh is exceedingly wicked. It's deceptive. It will destroy you. And you will think, I'm doing good. I went to church. I'm doing good. I know the name of Jesus. Listen, if you're still living according to the flesh and only doing what makes you feel good, through much suffering shall we enter the kingdom of God. There's some suffering. There's some mortifying. There's some beating to death the deeds of the flesh. And it's not in legalism because by the letter of the law, you're going to die. It was a, the law was a, was a ministrator of death. It brought death. It pointed to death. You couldn't do it, so it was going to give you death. But in the Spirit, we're free. And the Spirit's going to lead you freely to deal with issues in your life if you agree, never force, if you agree, and then there's no penalty behind it because you're listening, you're following. There's going to be evidence. There's going to be an afterglow of godliness, of fruit that looks like love. And it's going to have joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control attached to it. We live in apostasy, people. If you keep trusting in yourself, you're going to die. It's that simple. I don't have anything else to tell you. Here it is. This is the introduction to Acts, by the way. Because if you continue and do not put to death the deeds of the body, 
or excuse me, if by the Spirit, this is uh, 13 still, B, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. You're going to have life. Wait a minute, Greg. I was told I'd have life if I just believed. Yeah, that's part of it. When you believe, the Spirit comes in, seals you. Then when you begin to confess and profess and repent, repentance, change your mind, you begin to, to, to change. Positionally, you're saved. I believe that's your spirit. I believe that your, your, your flesh and your body, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, I believe there's some more work we need to do. I, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I believe that. I, I was looking at myself in the mirror the other day, and I knew I was the enemy. I was looking at myself in the mirror the other day, and I knew that I was not doing some things right that I need to do to listen to the Holy Spirit. And, and, and God doesn't show me all of them, but he shows them to me when I need them, slowly, in love. Because of his goodness, he's making me and conforming me into his image. Is he doing that with you, or are you still doing what you always done and believing that all I had to do was say a prayer? I said one prayer, now I can go live in the world and do whatever I want, and there's nothing the devil can do to me. Why would you want to if the Spirit of God came and lived in your heart? If the Spirit of God was now in your life, and, and you no longer have this, this, this sin in your life, and you're set free, why would you want to go do it? See, you've got to be careful. Your flesh will kill you if you don't begin to listen to the new voice. You have to begin. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Follow. You hearing that? Follow. Being led by the Spirit. That's what the whole book of Acts is going to be about. It's going to show us people that are listening to the Spirit of God. And, they're, and when they're not listening, guess what God does? You're going to see it. When they weren't listening, He told them to go. But first wait for the Spirit and then go. They didn't go. So you know what He did? He shot some persecution straight down in the middle of their laps. And made them go. He allowed suffering and pain and persecution and death right in their midst so that they would go, oh, wow, Lord, we got to get out of here, don't we? Well, that's what I said, go. I mean, he's not being mean, though. It's in a loving, kind way that he moves you into the place you need to be. And there you are. And boy, if you're giving testimony to God when you're there, then you're listening to the Holy Spirit. But if not, then you're still listening to yourself because you're not recognizing what he's doing and his voice of what he's saying. Uh, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, Romans 8, 14, these are the children of God. Now, I know it says sons, but it can be translated children. And later he says, uh, we, by the Spirit of adoption, which, uh, uh, and the Spirit bears witness with our spirit, verse 16, that we are children of God. Same thing, same word again. It's translated children in 16. It's translated uh, uh, sons in 14. Same word. So listen to me. You have two choices. Are you going to now come to Christ, believe, receive the Holy Spirit, and now begin to repent and be led by the Holy Spirit? Or just say a prayer and go on doing whatever you want to do and be led by your flesh? We've compared Peter, we've compared the Amalekites and killing off the flesh with, with Saul. One ends up with life. You're going to see Peter, when he gets the Holy Spirit, his mind completely changes. He does one sermon and 3,000 people get saved. He had nothing to do with it except abiding and continuing and remaining. He listened to instruction and decided to get his eyes off of John and get his eyes on Jesus and follow him. 
the Holy Spirit come upon him. Jesus already told him what was going on, and he just explained to the people what it was. That was the whole sermon, explaining to the people why his life had changed, why there was fire and tongues upon them. And he just explained the natural that was going, or the supernatural that was going on. And 3,000 people got saved. So then they, you know, built him a house and made him a temple and called Peter the Pope. No, we're not doing that, okay? We're not doing that. But he wasn't perfect. You guys know we're going to get later in the book of Acts, and Paul has to rebuke him because he's still got his flesh with him. Look in, uh, um, I'm working through this. Look in, uh, yeah, Matthew 19. Just a couple places, and we'll go and do this. Back up a few pages to the gospel uh, according to Matthew, God's, uh, God's grace. What is Matthew? Uh, gift of God. It means gift of God. Um, Matthew 19, and we're going to begin in verse 27. And as you're turning there, you just know that, that there was a rich young ruler that come to Jesus. And I'm going to paraphrase. And Jesus finally tells him, no matter what you think about what you did, sell everything and come follow me. Follow means to be in the way with. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're in the way with. These are the children of God, right? And the boys are freaking out, and they're going, wow, this that, that must be impossible. And then in verse, tw- listen to me, verse 27, Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? Look, now his eyes are still on himself a little bit. I'm wanting some stuff. What do I get, Lord, for following you? So Jesus said to them, listen to what Jesus said to them. Assuredly, verily, verily, I tell you the truth, I say to you that in the regeneration, hang on to that word a minute, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of His glory, you who have followed me in the way with me will also sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now He's speaking specifically to them. Now this is for us. 29, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands uh, for my name's sake, my character, my nature, my will, my authority shall receive a hundredfold and eternal and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last shall be first. Of course, speaking Israel being the first and they're going to be last because the bride, uh, the church is first. But listen to me, regeneration, this word is used two times in all of the Bible. Regeneration, it means to be born again. But notice what happened with regeneration. What happened? There was evidences, their mind changed. Now they love less the other things and they leave them and they follow in the way with Jesus because the Spirit has entered into their house. Now they have a new heart, they have a new will, they have a new plan, but their flesh is still fighting. The Amalekites are trying to get in, and you have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. You have to put to death the body and begin to listen to the instruction that the Spirit would give you. I've been living this way, but now I'm a new creation. And God says that in the regeneration, there's going to be evidences. If you're born again, there will be evidences, because you will give up all the things that are mindful of men, and you'll begin to be mindful of the will of God and what He's doing. And this is what this is talking about, regeneration. There is evidence there. 
It means spiritual rebirth or born again. It's the state or the act. It's a spiritual renovation. You ever seen full home makeover? See, that's what God's doing now in sanctification and washing and cleansing. You come to him. He gives you a position, but still practically we know that he needs to redesign our hearts, our houses, our spiritual homes. It's as if, you know, see so you now what you do in the world? Here's what we do. We said a prayer. And so I found this hidden treasure in a field. It was full of gold. And what did I do? I took my own resources. I went to Menards and I bought a whole bunch of supplies. And I came back and I built a house on top of that field. No, you begin to dig up that field. And you begin to look for that hidden treasure. And you begin to be led by that treasure. And let him build you a spiritual house. You don't go get the world's materials and somebody else's materials now and build a house on top of it and say, look, I'm saved. No, no, no. That's the work of man's hands. That's building with the wrong materials. That's, that's laying a different foundation for your spiritual house. We want to begin to search out and find out and be led by the Spirit because when the man of God looks into the Word of God and sees the Son of God, he's transformed by the Spirit of God into the image of God for the glory of God. So the Holy Spirit begins to teach us how to dig and how to look and how to die and how to follow close behind. And yes, confession of sin is part of that, but laying in sin and thinking I'm okay and I get to go to heaven is not. The Holy Spirit will not let you lay there for very long. He will peaceably bring you out and spank your butt so that you will say, wow, that was wrong. Wow, I shouldn't have been doing that, evidently. The Spirit didn't like that. i got to be careful because the Spirit doesn't want any attention. The Spirit wants to point to Jesus always. So be very careful. That's why we're looking at this. That's why we lift up Jesus. That's why the Spirit empowers us to lift up Jesus. The attention's not on the Spirit, and you can begin to live for God, and all of a sudden go, yeah, I am pretty good, ain't I? I'm doing pretty good. I figured out a few little nuggets here. And then you're lifting yourself up, building your own kingdom again, instead of allowing Christ to build His kingdom. He says, I will build my kingdom, and the, or I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. He doesn't need our help. He needs empty vessels that will die and surrender and follow and be trophies of grace so people can see them and say wow how did that happen in their life they act like they're smart no it's the wisdom of god and you stop following the wisdom of this world and building your house that's on fire with building materials that are already covered in gasoline went and got me some two befores and started building a spiritual house yeah they're covered in gasoline they came from the devil's place and now you're trying to build a spiritual house with lumber that's got gasoline. They're soaked in gasoline. They're going to burn longer. You become twice the sons of hell. I'm doing good. Your house is on fire. I'm doing fine. I got saved. Said a prayer. Not listening to the will of God, the instruction of God. And then obeying because of God and His Spirit who leads us out. Not back in. The Spirit's never going to lead you back in to live for the world. Back into witness. Listen to me. In the regeneration. Are you born again? The whole house is going to be re regenerated. The sin nature done away with. The old foundation. Because there's nothing good that dwells in the flesh. 
It's a change of direction. And we begin to do works of righteousness because of His righteousness, for His name's sake. Because of, well, let's look. It's used a second time. Listen, I'm not telling you that they worked their way because they gave up stuff. I'm saying because they believed, they began to follow. The Spirit comes in and changes what they do. Many people are deceived by their own flesh. Well, they told me if I just said a prayer, I was saved. There's a lot more going on with that. Titus, look at Titus. Second place this is, this is used is in Titus 3. We will get to Acts 1. I just want you to understand that there is such a huge deception in the world today about building church and building Christians and discipling people according to business and budgets and buildings. And we make up our own little program instead of just teaching people the word of God and what it says. Right? And the other problem is, is that we go, oh, you're forgetting the spirit. And we go way over here and we start barking and doing all kinds of laughing in the spirit and falling out in the spirit, things that are not scriptural. If you can't find them in the Bible, be careful with them because they're probably not biblical. Let's just start in verse four. I would love to teach all of Titus to you. I love this book. Um, Another one of Paul's sons in the faith. Verse 4, look at this, what it says. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. Look at that. You mean Jesus is the, the love of God? You mean Jesus is the heart of God? You mean Jesus is, yes, he's God. For God so loved the world that he gave his love in flesh to anybody. And if you believe that, but listen to me, this, God is love. So the love appeared. If you looked over in, in verse 11, you'd see the grace of God appears. He's the grace of God too. When the kindness, it's his goodness that brings us to repentance, and the love of God, his heart come down and became flesh, our Savior, uh, Soter, uh, one who delivers us from the sin nature, toward man appeared. He came to come toward man because man could not come toward him. Because we were unclean. Look at five. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. He clearly makes that a point. There was nothing right we could do. But according to his mercy, that's getting what you don't deserve. Or excuse me, that's not getting what you do deserve. We deserve death. And because of mercy, he give us grace. He saved us. How did he do it, Greg? Here's the through. Here's the avenue. Here's what it came through. The channel of the act is what that means. The washing of regeneration, new birth, and renewing, make it new, born again, renewing of the Holy Spirit. My spirit, when I believe, was married to God's spirit. Now I came back underneath him as the head, my husbandman, and now I'm listening to his truth, his instruction. He took all my penalties from me. He gave me his righteousness. So it's again, it's being born again. But born again does not just mean uh, I said one prayer. And then verse 6, this is all that God did. Is that six? I can't even read my Bible anymore sometimes whom he poured out on us abundantly, channeled the act through 
Jesus Christ. That's how the Holy Spirit comes. Remember, when I sit down, I'm going to send back, pray the Father. He will give you another. The Holy Spirit of promise. Our Savior, verse 7, that having been justified, just as if we never sinned, by His grace, remember Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, that is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Same thing. Because God is a merciful God, He supplied grace so that we could be saved by faith if we just believe in God's riches at Christ's expense. And notice what this says here. Listen to it. It's very important. We should become. You see that? That's who we are. We should become. Because what's that mean? If you look it up, the words translated arise. The words translated be assembled. Listen, this is good stuff. The words translated be finished. The words translated grow. That same word for should become, it's translated be wrought. Be wrought to what? Into the image of God. Listen, these are some pretty, uh, regeneration, it's only used twice in the whole Bible. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. When the Spirit of God comes in, and you're still listening to yourself, and you're self-fed, and you're, you're following the, 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 the mind of man like Peter was, God's going to do some things to allow you to see that you need to be following His will, being led by His Spirit, and not still mindful, not still mindful of the things of men. Because men are all mindful of physical, carnal, fleshly. We, we hate God. The natural man hates God. But the Spirit is God. And now we're betrothed to God. The Spirit comes in and says, I will. You say, I will. He's always faithful. We need to learn as we grow, as we practice righteousness, as we learn to hear His voice, as we get into the Word of God, as we walk with Him, we learn right living before God, righteousness. Positionally, it's done. Practically, it, it's something you have to do every day. If you say yes and never get in the water and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, Figure it out. You're still leading in your life. You really didn't mean your yes. I know. Well, Greg, the Bible says if you believe. Yeah, that means to trust. And if you trust, your yes means yes. Yes means yes and no means no. If you trust God, you're going to follow God. I watch it every day, people jumping on the internet, listening to AI and a bunch of liars, and they trust in what they're saying instead of what God's Spirit's saying. How do you think we end up in apostasy? You're listening to people, you have no idea what they did yesterday, but they put out a meme this morning, and you go, wow, I'm going to go tell everybody about that, because that must be truth. Here's the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who's spoken, he never changes his mind, and we don't put his word out. And tell people, I was reading my Bible this morning, listening to the voice of God, and the Spirit of God told me to tell you, get saved or get left. Quit building your house with boards and materials that are covered in gasoline that come from the devil and the spirit of this age. 
be led by the Spirit of God. This is so important. It's so important that we understand this regeneration. Look at 8, new beginning. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. The good works are whatever God calls you to do as he leads you by the spirit and he gives you gifts, talents, and abilities and you're serving others. Now listen, because if you're building on some other foundation, we're gonna keep moving. I got a couple more places, then we'll go back. This is all introduction to the bridge uh, that leads us into doctrinal books where we're studying right now letters. But it has to be understood by the Spirit. What did the Spirit mean when God spoke? It has to be understood by the Spirit leading. It has to be understood by the Holy Ghost directing your life, not by some physical teaching that helps you get a new house, a new car, and five acres. Because all of this is going to burn. Don't be mindful of the things of men and forget the things of God. Now, this is a practice the rest of our life. It's something that we're going to be doing. But don't leave it behind at salvation and get down the road and find out you have your ladder on the wrong wall and you was just putting up the last of the trusses and the roof. Your spiritual house is still on fire if you're not doing it according to God's word, God's spirit, his regeneration, and his plan that he has sent us to understand. Number of new beginning is something to maintain. Now listen, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now we've been here. We go to all these places. I try to move around and somebody will go, well, you can't do that. It's, a, it's too much. And no, this is for the equipping of the saints. It is not my problem that the church dropped the ball and now we bring in a whole bunch of unbelievers in the building that don't have the spirit to hear the word of God. I'm not being mean, but this is supposed to be for the equipping for us to go back out and tell unbelievers that this is what the Bible says. The believers meeting that we're having right now is not supposed to be evangelistic so that a bunch of people can come in and get saved. It's supposed to be equipping you for the work of the ministry till we all come to the unity of the faith. Listen to me, it's over in Ephesians 4. This is what we're doing right now. The problem is the churches are not teaching the word of God to the sheep, to the people and discipling them and they think that they're doing it. So let's have a program over here and a program over there and a program over there because we got to make disciples. We don't save no. You don't even make disciples. You're just being faithful to plant and water. God's the one that makes disciples. It's His Spirit. If they're going to be led by the Spirit, He saves them. He brings the increase. He's the one that makes a disciple. We just have to be willing to learn from him, and then others can learn from us if the Spirit's working in them. It's the Spirit of God that does the work. But there's many people that grieve and quench and insult, and they don't even talk to the Holy Spirit. Did you guys go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3? I'm going to begin in verse 16. I should have given you this entire background, um, talking of the new covenant. Uh, if you were really looking at it, there, I mean, he does talk about how the, the letter kills. The law is a ministration of death, but the Spirit makes alive. It's up in the other verses. 
and that how there's a covering over the eyes, not just of the Jewish people, but anybody that reads the Word of God that doesn't let the Spirit of God open their eyes, because this is a spiritual book, not a physical book. And so when you look in verse 16, 316, I'm trying to do this, is you got to become Bereans and study your Bible and talk to God. Nevertheless, when one turns... To the Lord, converted, where do you turn to? See, because a lot of people would say a prayer and then they turn away from the bar, but they never turn to the Lord. They never make him supreme in authority, the master. They'll turn away from some sin because they want to please their wife or the judge or their husband or some of their children or some other person. But it's when we turn to the Lord, turning to anything else is gasoline on your fire. If you don't turn to God's plan, to the Lord, kurios. Listen, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the cover, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. I just wanted you to see that verse. That's the only reason we're here, really. But I'm going to define a little bit more. Notice the Lord is the Spirit. So when he sits down and he prays the Father to send the Spirit, when the Spirit comes and lives in all of us, the Lord is living in all of us. Because the three are one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God is a Spirit. And God is love. And he came down and manifested himself and appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we had done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Through the washing, regeneration, renewing of the Holy Spirit. So, now the Spirit is... the. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So you have freedom. You've been set free from the penalty of death. That's what our position is. But we all, with unveiled, our faces are uncovered, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed. This is us. We all transform metamorphosis this is the word that's used over in uh, romans 12 1 and 2 when paul is talking to people he didn't even know i beseech you i urge you i plead with you therefore brethren considering the mercy of god that you present your bodies living sacrifices holy and acceptable to god which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world don't go back with a bunch of boards that's got gas on them and build a house but be ye metamorphosis, you become a new creation, transformed by the renewing of the mind, so you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Evidence. Look, we've been following you, Lord. There's evidence that you've left everything else and you make God first, his will first. If there's not that evidence, then you need to go back to the cross and say, where's the evidence that I'm not still following my will, that I'm not still dead, that I'm not still living according to the deeds of the flesh? Because there should be an afterglow. There should be evidences that are following, left in the trail. That, I, you know, I'm not, you know, now listen, when you say, when you say left behind uh, a husband and wife and mothers and fathers and houses and lands, it doesn't mean that you're being bad to them and go, you're done. I'm done with you. It means you're loving them less. It means they are not supreme in authority over your heart. That first of all, you want to know what God says about each one of them and how you're going to be a good steward with them things. You don't just discard them. You don't just get rid of them. But they are not what you live for anymore unless you're living for the Lord first. You will not know how to take care of them. 
and all you've called to be is a steward over them. But if they are deciding, like our whole society, the turning to sway the wicked one, who's deciding things? Our kids, marketers, the media, AI. What's the church fighting about? Whatever the court said, whatever the judges say, whatever the other pastor that we don't even have a relationship with said. Listen, I want to be led by the Spirit of God and hear what the Spirit's saying about my life, not about the Supreme Court and what they're dealing with. I don't want to fight about that. Lest I end up in hell because my flesh begins to beat me to death because I'm living in the flesh instead of walking in the Spirit, showing the love of God to others. If we do it the way that the church is doing it today, when the Supreme Court rules on something, now we're all against homosexual marriage. Now we're all against abortion. Now that's the only thing we need to fight for. Come on, everybody, get in the street. We're going to push together. Really? He said to go and proclaim the gospel, the good news, that you no longer have to die. You no longer have to kill your babies. You no longer have to be trapped in a, in a sin situation habitually because you don't know the truth. I hope this is, uh, you're receiving this in the way that the manner that it's being put out. It's so important that we don't jettison the Holy Spirit and the Word of God ever in our lives because it's so easy to parent with emotions it's so easy to go out into this world and live according to the flesh because it's the natural but it's not what regeneration produces it produces a new creation that begins to grow fruits of righteousness because they're following being led by the holy spirit who is the lord so transformation, being transformed, what? Into the image, into the same image of the Lord. From glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Who's doing the work? The Spirit of the Lord. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We was here, I don't know how long ago it was, but we were here because this is a very important. Because you can be building with the wrong materials, doing the wrong thing, and think you're okay. Listen to me. You think you're okay. And everything burns up. All your rewards get burned up. You're saved by fire. But you can also, if you are defiling or destroying the temple of God, which spirit you are, he can destroy you. Just like he did to Saul. I know, you know, well, that was under the law. Well, the Old Testament saints looked forward to the Messiah. While they walked under the law, we just have a new covenant. We've been set free from it. Same God. So when you look at three and you start in, let's start in 310. According to the grace, God's riches at Christ's expense of God, which was given to me. Very important thing to know. The Spirit gives that grace. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation What's foundation? What's the rock? It's Jesus. Well, the, So now we're listening to the Spirit to do the building. Well, the Lord is the Spirit. Okay? But now we're doing it by faith. He's not walking with us like he was with the boys. I have laid a foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds. For no other foundation can anyone lay 
than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He's the foundation. Do you think the Holy Spirit knows how to continue that, building on it? Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, they got gasoline on them, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. It's because it's done by the Spirit. If anyone's work which he has built, or excuse me, if anyone's, 15, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so through fire. Now that's if you're doing it, I think, and you think you're doing it for the right reason. That's my opinion. Do you not know that's a good question to ask us, guys. Verse 16, that you are the temple of God. We're living stones being fitted together, chipped away at. And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. If you have the Spirit, then, you're, then, then the Spirit is in you, sealing you until the day of redemption. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy. Listen, defile and destroy are the same words. In the Greek if anyone defiles, then God will defile, because you reap what you sow. In the English, it makes it look different, but really, you reap what you sow, and it means this, to pine or waste, to spoil, to ruin by moral influences, uh, to, to, to corrupt or to deprave, right? Here it is in biblical usage, to lead away a Christian or a, an entire group of a church from that state of knowledge and holiness in which it ought to be abiding. See, that's why the spirit of Antichrist comes, and that's why there's so much chaos going on. So we're supposed to be looking for the spirit to lead us into truth, but there's other spirits. I think every time I look at this, I go, oh, it's called the Holy Ghost. We have Christians out that are ghost hunters, why would you want to find a demon? I'm trying to get rid of demons. I'm trying to get them away from it. I'm praying every day to fight the demons off that attack the church. Because our flesh listens to them. Not that the demons have any power unless you listen to their lies with your flesh and deceive yourself. But we have people out ghost hunting. And if we left the word Holy Ghost instead of Holy Spirit, it would make more sense to us. Just think on it for a long time because we change all these words so that we can end up uh, confused instead of just finding out what the will of the Lord is. I'm almost done and we're going to start the book. If anyone destroys the temple of God, defiles the temple of God, God will defile him or destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Did you see he just called us holy? Because Christ owns us. If we've been bought. Now verse 18. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age. Let him become a fool. That he may, that he may become wise. Listen to me. If you think because of the wisdom of this age. And their earthly central demonic wisdom. That's underneath the sway of the wicked one. You've become wise. And you got this figured out. And you're okay because you're sitting in church. You need to become a fool. According to God's word. Because according to the wisdom of this world, you're already a fool. And you need to listen to his wisdom, not the world's wisdom. 
For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. So if you're following it, you're a fool. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death, or things present or things to come. All are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 2, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. That's all that's required of you. Be faithful. That's it. To do what, Greg? Follow me. Get your eyes off other people, other things, other material possessions. Be a good steward. But be faithful to follow close behind. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Listen to me. This is why we're going to look at the book of Acts and the Spirit, the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. We're going to do an in-depth look. We're going to be tearing some stuff up in it because you have to understand that if you keep living according to your flesh and you do not put to death the deeds of the body, you're going to die. I'm sorry, that's what the Bible says. I did not write it. Because there's going to be evidence if you're being led by the Spirit. And that's a surrender. That's a crying out in relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But right now, in this age of grace, God is using the Spirit of God to bring fruit, to bring salvation, to, to lead us out of this building that's on fire, to lead us out of this world, to take us out to be witnesses. And we have to change our mind how we're living. We just have to change our mind. When he said to Peter, Peter, he called him Satan. You are not mindful of the things of God, but mindful of the things of men. We have to change our mind. That's metanoia. Turn the other way. The key verse in Acts chapter 1, as you turn back there, key verse is, is Acts 1.8. You're going to see in a minute, they start asking questions. They try to get their mind on things. And Jesus says, that's not for you, but... You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses for me throughout Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And the word witness literally means, listen, the word witness literally means, if I could find it, literally means one who is mindful. That's what it means. I'm giving witness because I'm mindful of the things of God. God has not wished that any soul should perish. So I want to be mindful. I want to be of one mind with Christ. And be mindful of the things that he's mindful of, not the things that man are mindful of. That does not mean that I'm a terrible servant or, or steward with the things that God has given me. If I'm mindful with, uh, with God and being a witness, I'm going to take care of everything he gives me. But you know what? The more you got, the more you got to take care of and the less you can do for others. The more you, you, you can't get, oh, I'm too busy. I, 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 well, I'm taking care of my house because I got to be a good steward. I'm mowing my grass because I got to be a good steward. And I'm polishing my car because I got to be a good steward. And I, I'm building this and I'm doing that and I got to be a good steward. So I can't do anything else to go out and be a witness. And people drive by and go, wow, they're good with their house. Their house looks nice. 
but they have no idea why. Because you're, you stay at home and all you do is take care of your house. So they have no idea, no witness whatsoever. Let's go. Let's get started. We're going to read eight verses and then uh, talk real fast. Acts chapter 1. Listen, this is the bridge. This is the bridge that clearly reveals how the apostles were used as empty vessels led by the Holy Spirit to get to the doctrinal chapters. How can I follow that? How can I do that? By the Spirit of God. If you do it by the letter of the law, it's going to be burned up. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all, the thing, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles when he had, when, whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, he's here now, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized not, or with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, verse 6, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? 7, and he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you um, would allow this word to sink down deep into fertile hearts that have come to be equipped and be led by your Spirit, that desire to go out and be witnesses mindful of your kingdom in all that we do thank you for such an inheritance that you've given us lord for such liberty for such freedom thank you for your spirit teach us and direct us now in jesus's name amen acts chapter or yeah acts chapter one the former account I made, O Theophilus. Of course, referring to the Gospel of Luke, if you remember. Luke, who was a doctor. He was a slave, they believe, in, in uh, 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 biblical times. And uh, he, his master was Theophilus. Um, and so he's talking about the, the book of the Gospel of Luke, where he wrote that down. He, he did an autopatia, if you remember when we went through the book of Luke's, an autopsy of the body of Christ and all the facts surrounding it. And he wrote it down so that we would be able to see the body of Christ. And listen, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to put the body of Christ together and send us out to be witnesses to a world. He wants to equip us that we would be of one mind together. 
by the power of the Spirit. Not all of us deciding what we want to do and how we want to do it and when we want to do it and not be joined together by the church. We are the body. We are the living stones. And when we're led by the Spirit, we're going to be in agreement together. We're going to be in union. We're going to desire, not be mindful of the things of men, but the things of the Spirit, the salvation of souls. And while we're doing that, listen, the greatest thing in the world is, is while you're serving others, God will take care of you. The problem is, is we get so mindful of only our problems, our things, and they're right there. They're mountains in our face. And instead of walking by faith and going out to serve others that you can tell them what you already know, we get deceived and trapped into our flesh and our problems. And we explode and blow up and we just say, forget it all. My sin, my flesh, God doesn't love me. When in fact he does, but we're not listening to the instruction to be led by the Holy Spirit. Our flesh is still dictating everything we do. That's why I encourage people, get in the word, prayer and fellowship. Draw near to God. Say, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to be doing? What's my gifts? What's my talents? What's my abilities? Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for what you've already done. How do the people around me find out about you? How do you use me as a vessel, this wretched man that I am? Who will save me? And you're always going to return back to Jesus Christ. And the Lord is the Spirit. And that's why his house is a house of prayer. Start in prayer. We're not telling people. No, no, look, look what it says here. Of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. He was doing it first. He can't teach about prayer until he's doing it. We have to be doing it. Very hard to teach about if you're not doing it because it's grieving the Spirit. I'm not saying you're working your way into heaven. That's not the point. So the former treatise I made, O Theophilus. Theophilus means lover of God or friend of God. So he's writing down the corridor of time to you and me as a friend of God. Someone who says, I love God. Well, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, I don't know how. Well, then be led by the Holy Spirit and he'll teach you how. Allow the Spirit of God to do the work through you as you die to self. This is a, a never-ending thing. It's the rest of your life. Nobody has arrived. Paul even said he hadn't arrived. Not that I have arrived, but the one thing I do, I forget that which is behind me and press on toward the higher call of God in Christ Jesus. How does he press on? Following the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit called him to do. Well, what did the Spirit call me to do? I don't know. Get in prayer and ask him. Be led by him. I guarantee it'll line up with everything we're already doing. I'll guarantee it'll line up with saving of souls. I'll guarantee it'll line up with being a witness. I guarantee it'll line up with dying to self and allowing him to be the power and the might in your life. Because it's always going to line up with his character, nature, and his will. His name. The Lord is salvation. Not a church, not a people. The Lord is salvation. We're just privileged to be involved with Him in the salvation of souls. Wow, you serious? The most important thing that could ever happen. God gave His only Son to save souls and He lets us be involved with that? Are you kidding me? I don't want to put my hands on nobody's bride. I don't want to put my hands on nobody's soul. I talked to a guy the other day and it signed on his wall that said spiritual counseling, $40 a half hour. I'm like, you know the Bible? And he's like, no. I'm like, you're in trouble. You ain't given no spiritual counseling. You don't know the Bible. Why would you put that sign up? 
What spirits are you talking about? Now think about if that sign would have said ghost counseling. Change the whole thing. It would change every bit of it. You got counseling about dead people? You know the Bible? <laughs> Listen to me. This is very important stuff. But it has to be done by the Spirit of God. We should not have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. What's the power thereof? Well, I don't know. Paul said over in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news that Jesus died and rose again. The gospel means the entire scheme of it. For it is the power of God unto salvation for the Jew first and then to the Greek. So it's everything that's truth is the gospel. That's the good news that God loves us and came and died for us. And he wants us to learn and build a relationship with him and allow him to transform us, to conform us, to make us faithful. It's just fruit of the Spirit. I'm blown away by it. I'm like, do you know who I am? Remember, remember what Peter said that, wasn't it? Peter that said that in the boat, be away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. That's what all of us should be saying. You know who I am? Get away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. How'd you just catch all them fish like that? We fished all night in our strength. We couldn't do nothing and you broke the nets. form of godliness that denies the power thereof led by the spirit that's why the churches are failing in america they're dying i forget what the numbers were of how many of them close every day that's why i'm amazed that god's kept this door open for 16 years few little sheep and it and it's only for me so that i can be trained in the word of god i hope you're getting something out of it I'm getting knocked around real good. So notice, he's writing. Of all that Jesus began to do and to teach, it's his testimony of what Jesus did. He executed it, he committed it, he fulfilled it. And to teach it means to hold a discourse with others in order to teach them, talk about it, why did you do that? Well, the Spirit of God led me to do this, and this is why I do it, and that's why I like hanging out with you guys, because we learn how to pray at prayer meeting. We learn to be equipped in Bible study. We learn to go out and tell others what the Bible says. Well, that didn't mean that. You're, that's, a, that's, a, that's a worldly way of looking at that. You know, when people say it all the time. They go, you should all take the Lord's name in vain. You mean I can't cuss? Got nothing to do with cussing. Unless you get clear to the back of it. It's taking the Lord's name in an empty way. His character, His nature, His will, His authority. And you say you, ha you have the Holy Spirit and you're born again and you're a Christian and you can go out and live that way in an empty way instead of being full of power, full of the Spirit, full of might? That's what that means. Take the Lord's name in an empty way that it means nothing to do nothing, to be nothing, and to be no witness whatsoever. It doesn't mean to say GD, although you should not do it. It means to take the Lord's name in an empty way where it never transforms your life one bit. There was no evidence. That's sad because that's no salvation at all. Sorry. I get a little carried away with this stuff. 
don't panic, but we're going to be in this same chapter for a few weeks. He's our example. He's the witness for us, and he was doing it and then teaching it. And we went, verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up, received up. After he, notice it's after he, denoting the channel of the act, after he threw, that's the channel of the act, the Holy Ghost had given commandments to the ones he sent forth, apostles, whom he had chosen. Remember he prayed all night before he chose them? Remember in John 666, I chose, I, I, I chose you, the twelve, and one of you is a demon? Interesting stuff when I look at it anyway, as an introduction. So, everything that Jesus did, even though he was 100% man, 100% God, he did it by the power of the Holy Spirit. The channel or the act of what he was doing was being led by the Spirit of God. Remember, he went out there in the wilderness because John the Baptist was out there preaching, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. He was the forerunner, his cousin, right? So Jesus said, permit it to be so for this so that all righteousness may be fulfilled. And so he baptizes Jesus. As soon as Jesus comes up out of the water, the Father speaks. My beloved Son, the dove comes down, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. What happened next? Led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. See, he was led, and everything that he did, he was given in his example to us to be led by the Spirit. Now, he is the Spirit, but he was in 100% body form being led by the Spirit. And he, he chose not to use certain things of his deity so that he could show us how to be led by the Spirit of God. And he was led perfectly by the Spirit of God. And then he gave, look, he gave them commandments through the Spirit. Holy is hagios. Remember that word? Pure, undefiled, ceremonially clean, morally pure. It's the same word that you and I are. We're hagios. We're holy. We just read that. It means saint. And there's only two roads again, saints and ain'ts. You're an ain't when you believe in Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes in and seals you, and you become a saint. That's salvation. You become holy. But this is the Holy Spirit, pneuma. It's a breath of air. God breathes into us. There's life in the Spirit, and apart from the Spirit, there's only death. If you live in the flesh, you'll die. So he did all of that. He gave them commandments uh, to the apostles, one sent forth. You and I have been commanded to go. We're going to see on the pages of Scripture, though, how people listen, how people follow. When they listen to the Holy Spirit, it's amazing. The Holy Ghost Commandments, this given commandments means to give charge or to enjoin. Um, it's from a word really I like that means the conclusion of an act or state of termination, to resolve. So he gives them, okay, all this is done, now do this. 
He's given them commandments. What was his commandments? The new commandment that he gave them was go and wait. I'm going to be turned over to the, to the, to the, uh, be crucified and die. On the third day I'll rise. Go and wait for me in Galilee. We find them in John 21. They're on the Sea of Galilee. Tiberias is what it's called. They've been renamed. They're waiting for him there. He comes there to them. He's going to spend 40 days judgment with them. And he's, and he's going to uh, um, give them another commandment through the Holy Spirit. Wait. Then he's going to ascend into heaven, set down at the right hand of the Father, send back the Holy Spirit, and we're going to see the birth of the church in chapter 2 as we know it today. I mean, there was a church called the assembly in the wilderness in the old testament it was the called out ones they were called out of egypt and they were in the wilderness assembled together and then they disobeyed him and they all died in the wilderness they didn't listen to him they weren't led by the fire by night and the cloud by day they wouldn't go into the promises of god the promised land and so they died i mean we've already got the physical proof of what the spiritual is it's evidences to us. They're written so that we would understand, Paul tells us. Verse 3, to whom, his apostles, he also presented himself alive, he's not dead, risen from the grave, after his suffering, that's the word passion right there. Listen, do a word study on the word passion, on suffering. Oh, it's everywhere. It'll, lead your, it'll make your brain pop. It did mine anyway. After his passion, the passion of the Christ. What, what's that mean? It's his, it's his death, burial, and resurrection. The cross. In fact, we're going to see in Acts chapter 9. When Saul of Tarsus gets saved. Before his name is Paul, who wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He tells Ananias to go to him and tell him. I'm going to show him how many things he must suffer for the gospel. For my sake. Through much suffering shall we enter the kingdom of God. People got passion. They got passion about stuff. But is it by the Holy Spirit? Is it because the Holy Spirit? People suffer. But is it because the Holy Spirit's leading them to suffer that way? Or do they bring it on themselves? See, Christ was called for this passion. You were called for your passion, for your suffering, for your place. As God burns out the dross in your life and conforms you into the image of God. And he, so he showed himself alive. This is evidence. Think about it for a minute because Jesus, when he died, he got up by the power of the Holy Spirit and then he showed himself as evidence in a grand courtroom where, where at one time some 500 people seen him. And this is how we make this decision. These guys died testifying that Jesus was alive because he showed him with many infallible proofs. That's how you win in a courtroom. Evidence. He walked in front of them, infallible proofs, being seen by them. They seen him, they touched him, they handled him. During 40 days, he took their judgment, and then for 40 days, so that they could make a rational judgment, he continued to be with them, eating and staying with them. And what was he doing, Greg? Same thing he was doing before he died. Speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. His mind was always on the will of God, no matter what he suffered, no matter what he's going through. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is a lesson that's been taught to me in a hard way with being in the hospital with my wife. No matter what we were going through, we knew that there was people there that we were supposed to be sharing with. 
even in the suffering, even in the pain. So many people my wife touched over her sickness, through her suffering, through her passion, that God gave her to carry that sickness for 36 years. Over the last 30, though, we knew Jesus Christ and could tell them where our help come from. We could be a witness to people. You know how many nurses walk in your room and, and are getting ready to go through a divorce or they're dying or they don't know Jesus or they're struggling, they don't know how they're going to stretch their paycheck or take care of their children and they don't know how they're going to get through this other thing. You know how many people walk in that are single mothers? Doctors, oh, they got it all together in a worldly sense, but they need Jesus. They might be able to take something out of your body and put something else back in, but they don't know Jesus. And they need to know Jesus. I better get a drink or I'm going to pass out up here. Again, you need water. Water is always the Holy Spirit. Nourishment. 40 days, so the number of judgment. You know, if you'd have been, listen, I'm just going to, no shame, no game, no, no, I'm not trying to point, but if you're reading through the Bible with us on the schedule, listen, if you're just reading through the Bible on the schedule with us right now, do you know that you would have seen two judgments already? 40? 40 days you would have went through Noah's Ark and the judgment upon the earth. You would have went through Sodom and Gomorrah and the judgment upon that. And they are types of exactly what we need to know to know what's coming on the end of the earth, on the end of the age. And if we'd have just been reading 40 days, it takes 20 minutes a day. I am not trying to legalize or, or, or do any type of lashing. This is what I'm saying, though. If you would have been reading through that, you'd have been like, what's that all about? Well, it's judgment. Rain 40 days and 40 nights. Listen, and you'd have seen two types of judgment just in the last 40 days of reading. 31 days in January and the first nine days of February had both of those in it. And it's the only thing that's going to change your life when you begin to see the character, the nature, the will of God and what he's all, who he's always been, who he's always going to be, what he's always doing. And, and he wants to save every single person that's ever born. It's not his will that any would perish or defile or be destroyed or go to hell and live with the devil. But we choose that when we have a better choice before us of life. And so no matter what he went through, he still continued. Um, actually, the word presented or shewed in the King James is, is the word to exhibit himself alive presented himself alive many infallible proofs um, it's a token of defining a fact criteria or certainty evidence they gazed at him with open eyes 40 days i thought it was crazy it was a decade of fours that's what 40 means a decade of fours i was like who knew four times ten okay i got you Speaking is lego. It means to lay forth with a systematic discourse. What do you build out of Legos? You build. It's, a, it's an entire art form now where people are spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on Lego, but they were, they, then we won't lay out the Lego of God's discourse on how to live life. And we spend hours upon hours. I am not saying you're going to hell if you build Legos, but what about the, the word to the soul instead of the entertainment to the flesh. 
Build Legos, I'm not mad at you. That's not the point. The enemy mocks us. Is you in the Word of God? Yeah, I was building a Lego. That one that, you know, it's a, it's a uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica starship that's a Legos, all of them. And I put it together. It took me uh, 40 weeks, 40 nights, 40 days. I'm terrible, ain't I? He was speaking of the kingdom of God, the realm, the rule, the reign of God. Everything that has to do about uh, God's kingdom where God is acknowledged as king. Listen, he's king of kings whether you acknowledge it or not. But when you're led by his spirit, you're doing the will of God and you're going to live with God for eternity. You're not going to hear, be away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness and wickedness. If, you, if our practice, our mindset, what we're following and being led by, our master passion is not the spirit of God, then we're not going to see God except to be cast into outer darkness. That's all I'm saying to you. Where he's king at, that's his kingdom. But he's king all over, whether you give him kingship and rule and reign or not. And our flesh will deceive us because we'll follow something else and say he's my king, but something else is leading us in life. Whether it's bitterness or anger or pride or vanity or career, any of those things. Listen, don't give up on your career. That's not what I'm saying. Do all things to the glory of God, though. Do them because you serve God. Do them in a way that His Spirit is leading your career. And people know it. I mess up real bad with that at work. So I'll confess that. I get pretty frustrated with people that are physical-minded and they don't care about God. But I should know as a pastor that there's no way that they can care about God because they're physical-minded. They have to come to Jesus first. And the only way they're going to do that is if I stay spiritually minded and do the right thing in the spirit. But when I react in the flesh to flesh, I'm reviling for reviling. They don't see any witness of God. They see a mirror of themselves. Anyway, better keep moving, haven't we? We got to get through this. We only got a few minutes left. So what happened? He's speaking to them 40 days pertaining to, and then it says in verse 4, and being assembled together with them. He's here right now. Listen to me. They're assembled together. Are you assembling together? It means, it, it comes from a word that denotes union. They're meeting with Christ. Christ meeting with them. There's a time set aside. You're meeting together, assembling together. And you should be assembling together. He commanded them, again, not in tole, authoritative prescription. This is to transmit a message, to enjoin. It actually, it, it's actually para-angelion or para-angelo. It means a, a para-angel. Uh, he, alongside a message, he commanded them. This is what he said to them. I'm sorry, I looked this stuff up. I, I need to know what's going on. Instead of reading it in English and it be uh, something that it's not. Because, I mean, look at some of the new versions. Have you read them? Read like a newspaper because you don't need the Holy Spirit to understand it. You don't need the Holy Spirit to understand the new translations. You just read it and then you follow it and then you end up in hell. I mean, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Because the attack is on the Word of God. 
be real careful with some of the new versions. What did he command them? Uh, he commanded them not to depart. Don't leave this area from Jerusalem. Do not depart teaching peace. That's what Jerusalem means. Well, let's, let's do it good so I don't get in trouble. Um, don't separate yourself from teaching peace in the Hebrew. Uh, it actually comes from the meaning true pointing. Don't depart from true pointing, teaching peace. Isn't that amazing? Uh, in the Greek, it means set ye at double. What that? I have no idea. That's just what it means. But wait. Isn't waiting the hard part? He told him to go to Galilee and wait, and Peter was sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. He said, I'm going fishing. He couldn't wait. Couldn't you wait and pray for one hour? Wait and pray lest you enter into temptation when he had the boys waiting there at the Garden of Gethsemane. We're going to see here he tells them to go wait. You know what Peter does? He's got to get up and do something. Let's replace Judas. So he gets up and he tries to find a replacement for Judas. He couldn't just sit there. He couldn't just wait. It is very hard to wait. You ever sit and pray for a long time? Hard to wait. But you have to wait on God because His Spirit. You know, in the, in the wilderness, what did they have to do? They had to wait. If the fire didn't move, they didn't move. If the cloud didn't move, they didn't move. They camped out in that same spot. They stayed there. They waited on the Lord to move them. He's very good at it. He can move you. But see, this is, this, we're seeing Peter. We're going to see him. You're going to see his life after walking with Jesus three years, after being breathed on, and then when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to see a dynamic that completely changes his life radically because he's no longer mindful of the things of men as a dominant part of his life, but he's mindful of what God is doing because he's going to become Spirit-led, and everything he does is going to be by the Spirit of God, the breath of life breathing through him because he dies to self and he's no longer afraid of man but has a love relationship with Christ so do not depart from Jerusalem teaching peace but to wait for the promise of the father which he said you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now think about this for a minute because we really got to get this. You know, the, the, old, the, the, the old Testament uh, and the Jewish nation and the Judaism, what were they waiting for? The promise of the Father. They were waiting for the promise of the Messiah to come. And while they were waiting, they went apostate and built their own religion and then they ended up killing him. God already knew that. What are we doing today while we're waiting on the Spirit to, to transform us and to change us and to lead our life while we're waiting? What are we doing? The church, again, has become apostate, and they're destroying what God's Word says and making up their own ways, and so that when the Antichrist comes, they're going to choose him also, just like Israel does. So they're going to walk away from being governed by God, and they're going to be governed by an Antichrist. So you want to make sure you're hearing his voice now. Israel means one governed by God. 
because that's what we're supposed to be. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I got to keep moving here. Um, don't depart from Jesus. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you have heard from me. Listen, he's already been telling them this. See, John's was a physical. Now, you got to get this too, because we still do this, but John was doing a physical. He says, no, it's not me. I'm not the Messiah. There's one coming after him. I'm not even worthy to, to unloosen his sandal, to be his servant, to wash his feet. And he said, I'm baptizing you with a water, a, 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 an identification of repentance, that you're ready to change your mind. I'm making way, I'm making straight the way of the Lord. This was a physical water. But Jesus comes and he's going to put a spiritual water, the Holy Spirit that baptizes us into the body of Christ by the spirit with which we cry, Abba, Father. We're brought back to the Father through marriage by the Spirit of God. And then if that really happens, there's going to be evidence. And part of that evidence is that we obey by being baptized in water, which is a watery grave that we get washed off in, and we come in the newness of life. But it's only because we're being a witness and identifying with the new covenant. Because what really matters is not the, the, the works of the water. Do you have the Spirit of God? That's what really matters. Lots of people get baptized in water. In fact, it's probably the number one thing that I'm always told when I say to the people, about, start talking to them about God and whether they've ever been born again. I was baptized when I was three. That's the number one thing because they look at an outward work instead of the inward power of God and the Spirit of God that is changing them from the inside out and makes evidence pop out here. Fruit grows out here because of what's going on in here. Instead of us pretending, dressing up, going to church, and looking like a form of godliness, but there's no power on the inside. Anybody can do that. We need to stop pretending and be concerned about what God sees in our heart instead of what man sees on the outside. If we would spend more time concerned about what the Spirit of God was doing on the inside instead of what man's seeing on the outside, our lives would change. But we cannot believe the lies that are being told in the church today because it's become apostate. We need to listen to what the voice of God is saying. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. They're in the way with me. And when you follow, there's going to be regeneration. When you follow, there's going to be things that you leave behind. You drop them. You leave the baggage at the cross and you begin to pick up the will of God and you stop being mindful about the things of men, the outer appearance, and you begin to be mindful of the things of the will of God, which is salvation of souls makes everything else pale in comparison because it's all going to burn. It's all going to burn. So John the Baptist baptized. Baptizo is the word. It's really cool. It, it's amazing. I, every time I study this, I find something else new. But baptizo means to be fully whelmed. It doesn't mean to just be sprinkled. And I'm not arguing about whether you sprinkle because if I had a guy who was in a, in, a, in a bed and he couldn't get to the water, so we sprinkled him. It's okay. His heart was what it when it was mattered. Uh, it's not legalism. It's the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. And sometimes you just can't get people into the water. It's not feasible, but they still want to be baptized. So uh, let's not argue about that point. Let's argue about or talk about what the Spirit really wants to do in our lives. So baptismo, uh, uh, baptizo, um, <laughs> uh, was with regular water, but with Christ, it's the Spirit. 
And that's what we're going to talk about next week is really what's called the threefold ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to spend a little bit more time on the Holy Spirit. We're not done. And, and hopefully he won't get mad at me because he doesn't want attention. He wants us to look at Jesus and lift up Jesus. But we really need to understand in this day and age that we've walked away from the Spirit of God. And we're trying to finish in the flesh what was started in the Spirit. And the foundation was laid by Christ who is the Spirit. And the Spirit must finish building the house, not the flesh. Not man's practices, not books written by people, but this Word of God laying the Legos, the, the pieces together and building the whole spiritual house. We're being fitted together and He's the head. Okay, so, but... This baptism is different, and he's already told him it was going to happen. We're going to see it in chapter 2. There's going to be a baptism so that we can have evidence, and it becomes a witness. It becomes a testimony. It becomes something to talk about because a life becomes different when they're baptized into the body of Christ, and reformation is going on, or, or uh, 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 what was the word we were using? Restoration. Some call it reformation. So it's the promise of the Father. It's an announcement. It's a pledge. It's a message that God already said from the Pater, Father, the generator, the original generator of life, the Father in heaven. Of course, heard. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. You shall be baptized. Baptismo. I mean, this is fully immersed, whelmed. Oh, I was going to tell you, baptismo. Uh, what's his name? Oh, I forget his name. Starts with a C. Uh, it's an old dude in, in uh, uh, um, Greek writing. He was a chef. And he wrote, and literally, he used this word, baptizo, and then baptizo. He used the two different words. And one of them was, because he said, when you're making pickles... And canning them. I'm serious. This is from, from way back when in a cookbook. You first, you dip the, 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 the cucumber in hot water. But then you completely immerse it and lock the jar and seal it into uh, uh, the vinegar. Or something like that. I'm not a cook. That's the way it was. I'm like, this is really the example? Because you do both. They're in water but they don't stay there. Then it's, the, it's, it's in the finished product to make the pickle that you stay immersed in the Spirit of God. Listen, because we're going to grieve. We're going to quench. We're going to insult the Spirit of God. A and He's told us to come and confess that. Come and confess our sin. And He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we have to stay in the Spirit and be led by the Spirit and allow Him to have access to our life. And He keeps washing and cleansing. And he gives us a new instruction, and we go, nope, ain't doing it. See, and so we got to learn to be agreeing and following and abiding, continuing and remaining and allowing the Spirit to change our minds instead of being stubborn like we learned about Saul. Stubbornness is iniquity and idolatry. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. We don't want to be those things. When the Spirit speaks to us and the Word of God's clear to do these things, we don't want to say, I already said a prayer and walk around with a bunch of sheep and, and goats bleeding in the background because we've been building our house with boards that are covered in gasoline. 
there should be the Shekinah glory of God and fruit, a garden of fruit behind us. So you shall receive the Holy Spirit uh, not many days from now. Verse 6. Now notice this. This is the number of man. Listen, Jesus is talking about some stuff here. He's died. He's rose again. He's with him 40 days. He's getting ready to leave. And listen, before I say what I'm going to say, listen, questions are good. I do not think there's any bad questions. But notice because of bad teaching, false teaching, and lies, they ask a crazy question. Look what they say. Number of man. Therefore, when they had come together, good thing they're together again, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? See, they're looking for physical. They had been taught by their teachers that the Messiah would come, he would sit on the throne in Jerusalem, and all roads would be the same as they were in Solomon's day. And Solomon actually means peace. See, Jesus is bringing spiritual peace to those who would stop fighting and begin to listen and be led by the Spirit. But the world is going to always have war, death, pain, suffering until He comes the second time and brings tribulation upon all those that reject this first instruction, this correction of His first advent where He took our judgment. See, there's nobody else to take your judgment. There's no other Messiah coming. There's no other plan of salvation. And so if we don't do it God's way this time, the only fruit left is death. And the great part is, is he did it all for us, and you can, you can trust him by grace. But don't miss that even the guy on the cross that died the same day, which is not normal, deathbed conversion is not normal. God's been pursuing us all of our lives. But he changed his mind. And you can tell the Spirit come in because he can begin to be mindful of the things of God and even rebuke the other guy for speaking that way to the Christ and about the Christ in a blasphemous way. So notice there was a difference in the heart. Uh, so you, you, can, you can instantly receive the Holy Spirit and have differences in your life. Number six. They uh, wanted their kingdom restored. They wanted their earthly stuff restored. They wanted to get all the toys and win. And he's changing their minds. And so he tells them in seven, while we're being completed, that's the number of completion, there's things we don't have to understand. There's things that we, if, we, if God gave us any more information, he's given us like, like one little tiny centimeter. If he gave us two centimeters, we'd pop. So in verse seven, he says, it is not for you to know. Why did my wife suffer for 36 years? And, 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 and why did she? I, I mean, I'm, I'm destroyed. Sometimes you don't know. But I know that while she went through it, she was a great witness for God. We don't have to understand all the things that God's doing. Although I do believe too much suffering will enter the kingdom of God. And there's lots of things going on that become fire that burns out the dross. So you die, you pray more, and you turn to him resolutely, completely uh, for eternity. So um, seven, he said to them, it is not for you to know times and seasons which the father has put in his own authority. That's just there are certain things that's in God's authority that you may never know. Power is the word that's used in, in uh, the King James. It's not, you don't have to know the power. 
um, his own power, his own capacity, his own jurisdiction. And then notice the contrast. Get your mind off of things that you don't know. Never give up what you do know for things you don't know. You know how many people give up peace and, and contentment in their home to go off over things that they suspect or speculate or think? You know how many people run off the road and God doesn't love me anymore and, and because, wait a minute, we already know God loves you. Don't give up what you do know because of something you don't know. You, you with me? What we need to be focused on is what he's doing in our life. You follow me. How am I going to do that? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what we do know, that we're supposed to receive the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to receive the power. I'm supposed to be assembled with him, listening to him, and I'm supposed to receive that gift of power. What's the Holy Spirit given me? I don't know. I've been ignoring him. I've been grieving him. I've been quenching him. I've been mindful of the things of men, not, will, not the will of God. So the Holy Spirit hasn't been doing anything. People tell me all the time, well, I don't get what you get out of the Bible. Well, you're not supposed to get what I get. You're supposed to get what God has given you. That'd be crazy if every one of us read the Bible, we all got the same exact thing. We wouldn't even have to talk. We'd be mutes. Shut up. We already know. We're working together. We're at different stages. Some on milk, some on meat. We're growing together. We're training and leading and guiding one another. We are all growing together as the body of Christ. And, you know, sometimes you read the Bible and you don't get what I get. I get really mad. Michael gets insights and I'm like, where'd you get that at? I didn't get that. He didn't tell me that. What's going on with that? That was a good insight. I'm mad. Now I'm going to go pout in the corner. I'm quit reading my Bible because I didn't get what you got. Well, what if you got what Christ got? He got beat real bad and died. Listen, we all got the grace of God because of the mercy of God. But have you got the restoration of God in your life? Do you have the spirit of God? You shall receive power. This is what you should be worried about. How am I going to live this life? I keep dying in this body of sin. Wretched man that I am. Well, let the spirit of God lead you out. And lead you into the kingdom of God. And be conformed to the image of God by the renewing of the mind. Become the evidence. It doesn't happen instantly. The position does. Now he's taking the practice and the place and the pleasure of sin. And he'll remove you from the very presence of it one day. That's why they're mad at me at work. The day I got hired, I said, I'm the CEO. Get out of the way. No, you got a position here, but you ain't the CEO. I'm the boss. Shut up. See, it doesn't work at work. How come it's working in the kingdom of God? I'm the boss now. I'm the CEO. That's what happens. We begin to conform God to our image, and we say, I'm okay, and we deceive ourselves in the flesh instead of setting down with the Holy Spirit and let Him lead us in the way we're supposed to go and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. I've been reading this Bible for a long time, and I still don't understand what I'm reading most of the time. But the Spirit tells me what I need to say when I need to say it. So power is the word deutimus. It's dynamic. 
It's ability. It means you have the ability to go out and walk this life out, the ability to be a witness. We're going to talk about this hugely next week, so I'm not going to spend much time. You shall receive power. You know what? If somebody ran in here with a stick of dynamite right now, they'd have a lot of power in the room, wouldn't they? A lighter and a stick of dynamite. All right, do what I tell you. Everybody put the money on the table. They'd have the ability to get everything they wanted out of here. And that's it's really where we get that word from, dudamus. When the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Spirit comes up on you, he, when he arrives, when he puts influence in your life because you begin to cooperate with his influence. See, he can come up on you. He can, be, he can be convicting you of sin and you just reject it. He can be trying to use your life and you just go, nah, I'm busy watching TV right now. Don't want to read my Bible. And to be witnesses, martyrs, it's where we get the Greek word martyr from. One who dies for their faith. It's martis. And it means one who is mindful of, one who gives witness to. Oh, uh, one who follows. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Who? Christ. Who are you being a witness for? Christ. Who are you testifying for? Christ. He says me. Some of the texts say, my witnesses, witnesses of me, not witnesses of you, not witnesses of Harvest Chapel, not witnesses of what the president's doing or what the government's doing or what other people are doing. Witnesses of Christ. How do you do that? You become trophies of grace with evidence in your life. When you begin to do, then you can teach it. You can become a witness. That's how we do it. That's how he does it. We follow what he's doing, but that's being led by the Spirit of God. And then we're going to go to Jerusalem, uh, which is uh, the holy city. It's the mother of them all, teaching peace. Judea is the region. Samaria, you're going out into the uttermost parts of the earth. Listen, we have missionaries we used to support that were in Yamal, which is in Siberia, which means the end of the earth. And I'm like, wow, we're really doing that, huh? They're really in Yamal. And then, of course, you watch this go out, and we're going to watch it in the book of Acts, and I'm going to close here, but we're going to watch it. They're going to be in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit's going to come, and then they stay there in a little holy huddle, and God brings persecution so they can go down to the, the region of Judea and Samaria. So it's first pure Jews, then it goes to Samaria, which is Jews and Gentiles mixed together, and then it goes to the uttermost parts of the earth. And you're going to see that ministry as the Holy Spirit does it, and he uses available vessels all the way, people that surrender and listen and are following. And as they follow, they're conformed. As they serve, they're conformed. As they go, they're transformed into the image of God. Think about Peter stepping out of the boat. When he stepped on the water at first, he's like, man, he's doing it like Jesus is. Then he got his mind back on the things of man, and he started sinking. And he, where did he cry out to? Lord, save me! And his mind was back on the will of God. And they put him back in the boat. Stay in the fellowship here. Thanks for being an example. Let me wash your feet some more. Father, thank you. Thank you for your spirit. Lord, we desire to have a relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The same that you told us to go and be baptized. Make disciples of all nations, learners, pupils, and be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You three are one, and we want a relationship with you. 
Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit of promise back to lead us and conform us and prepare us for the wedding supper of the Lamb so we can walk down the aisle with the Son and be presented to the Father. Thank you. Pour out your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. (laughs) And that concludes today's message on Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. If you're in the area, we would love to have you as our guest. Harvest Chapel is located at 418 Old State Road 28, Williamsport, Indiana 47993. We meet for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. Our prayer meetings meet Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Our Bible study meets on Friday at 7 p.m. Today's and previous messages are available on CD. If you would like a copy, please call 765-404-7203. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Who Am I? Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Because I